Open the heavens, Almighty Father, and pour out your Spirit upon your people gathered here in prayer. Renew the power of our baptismal cleansing and fill us with zeal for good deeds. Let us hear your voice once again that we may recognize in your beloved Son our hope of inheriting everlasting life. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit in the splendor of eternal light, God forever and ever. In the following reading, the prophet Isaiah proclaims the word of God as hope for the return from exile and restoration of the people to their homeland and their blessed union with God. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Get you up a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the following passage, Titus teaches us that our baptism is a gift from God that calls us to living a life that is totally centered in the love and the life of God. How's that going for you? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age, to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. For when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, 
but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more important, powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son to be loved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last evening at the five o'clock mass, I mentioned, looking through the assembly, I mentioned how difficult it is to sing Alleluia when your head is down. Alleluia just doesn't work that way. And I'm grateful that today none of you had your heads down as you sang Alleluia, which means praise the Lord. That's something we keep our heads up to do. I'm just saying, whatever. The story of the baptism of Jesus that we read today in Luke's gospel is a story that does challenge us to look at our own baptisms. What what did our baptism mean for us in our lives? We usually picture the baptism of Jesus. Uh, I don't know who was the videographer at the baptism, and I don't know if John the Baptist allowed pictures to be taken. You know how some... Well, anyway, sometimes the picture that we see is John the Baptist, and he has a seashell in his hand, and he's pouring a little bit of water. I have a hard time accepting that as the way I want to think of the baptism. I think of it as Jesus is in the river, and he's being dipped in the river. That's what the word baptism means. The word baptism means to, to be immersed, to be dipped. I picture John dipping Jesus in the water. In my imagination, I began to see Jesus sputtering with water going into his nose and, and just experience that. Somebody at Minute Prayer yesterday asked, why did Jesus get baptized? If Jesus was sinless, why did he get baptized? And I think the answer to that question is, Jesus got baptized to show that he was 
in communion with us. He was in solidarity with us. He stood in the waters of the Jordan with us to show that he's part of us and we are part of him. We believe that Jesus is sinless. But I think in that experience, and and this is my own imagination. Uh, Those of you who wonder if I'm, well, I do take medication, but not necessarily drugs. I began to imagine the scene that might have taken place in the mind and the heart of Jesus, the sinless one as he's being immersed in the water. What must have gone through his head? He was sinless. But Jesus knew the effects of sin in the world. Could it be that when he was immersed in the water, that he was able to see the torture, the suffering that he would undergo? when he came against his enemies, the scribes, the Pharisees, and Pilate, the governor. Could it be he saw the effects of sin in the lives of human beings? Could it be that Jesus, as he's immersed in the water, gasping for air, recognizes that part of the the, the Part of the effect of sin is that people don't get along. Do you think maybe Jesus might have seen ahead through the centuries to the wars, to how people were killing each other? I couldn't help but thinking maybe Jesus, as he's being immersed in the water, aware of the effects of sin, he thought of the Nazis, the internment camps, the terrible suffering they caused for the Jewish people. Do you think maybe that's what he saw, the effects of sin I can't help but wonder if Jesus, Jesus, when he was immersed in that water, recognized that 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 incursion that happened on January 6th at the Capitol building, maybe he saw that too. Maybe he saw the effects of sin, people who refused to to get along, people who refuse to cooperate, people who refuse to work and live in solidarity and love, to see the kind of damage they can do. Jesus was sinless, but I really do believe he was aware of the kind of damage that sin does to our lives and to our world. That's why the baptism makes sense in another way. In the baptism, he was given the commission to preach to the world the life of the kingdom of God, a life where people did care about each other, a life where people did want to live in solidarity, a life where people did cooperate. 
with each other. And if that's his life, that's the life we were baptized into. A life that brings about the kingdom of God here on earth. A life that calls us to care about each other. To be compassionate with each other. To work with each other. To make our world into the kingdom of God. There's one other part to the story that Deacon Jack read today that, you know, I feel like I never noticed it before, and I, I must have. I've, I've been reading this for every three years for 46 years. The voice of God and the Spirit of God appears to Jesus after the baptism. He was off praying. And we're going to see all through this year, we read Luke's gospel. Luke always has Jesus in prayer, off by himself, in a dialogue of love with Abba, with the Father. In his prayer, Luke tells us that God, Abba, Daddy, speaks to Yeshua and says, you are my beloved. And you are I am well pleased. It is a good idea that we, all of us in our community, when we share the Eucharist, we need to find some time afterward to, to be quiet in prayer and let God say, Jim, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Or, Joni, you're my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. We need to find some quiet time, like Jesus did, to pray and allow the power of the sacrament to truly enter our hearts. You know, one of the neatest things about the pandemic, we do the, the uh, Zoom Mass, and afterwards, I'm available in the chapel for anybody from the Zoom Mass who wants to receive the Eucharist. That hour in the chapel has come to mean so much to me. It enables me to get quiet, to take the Word of God in hand and allow God to say to me, Hey, Charlie, I love you in spite of yourself. <laughs> Take that home with us today. Make a commitment to find the time to get quiet. And I know that's not easy for you. It's not easy for anybody to find some quiet and let God say to you, you're my beloved. In you, I'm well pleased. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.